So we got a question on the last podcast that we did um, over Denali, and it, it brought up and illustrated a really, really good point that I wanted to use this extra to really go into. Um, and I remember recording that podcast when we got done with it. I remember just having this feeling in my gut, like something was missing out of this. Like I couldn't put my finger on what it was, but we didn't completely grasp what I wanted to in that, in that, uh, episode. And once I read this question, I was like, aha, it was like this aha moment when I was like, okay, that's what it was. Um, so the question went along the lines of, Obviously, you guys do, you know, getting these horses in to be reining horses or riding is the priority. But why not do, say, a week of groundwork before that? This horse is really sold up, sticky footed. Why not do a week of groundwork beforehand and then get on the horse and ride them and and have knocked out that sticky footedness, that sold up nature, knock that out on the ground first then gotten on the horse's back a week later and gone on with the riding and had much and a much easier time. Why not go about that route than say getting on them so quickly going into the riding? Why not stay, you know, just give yourself say a week or so of groundwork to do it. And that's a very, very good question. And the reason we isolated this particular thing with the mare, like, you know, we could, we could have picked anything in the program, but we wanted to zero in on this particular element of her training because it's a very unique scenario that you don't see all the time. And that's why horse training, you can't have a cookie cutter program because each horse is an individual, right? And so they're going to respond a little bit differently, you know, horse to horse. So you can't just, you know, line them all up and run them through a machine, bring them out, broke the other sides. Sometimes they just respond to things differently. And this mare is a bit unique in that you don't see this pro- this problem all the time, but you see it you know every now and again you'll see this problem. And with this particular mare, the the resistance that we ran into that sold up that stickiness wasn't like a physical problem. It was all mental, and it wasn't a physical problem like she was you know just really lazy or just kind of grumpy. None of that. It was mental in the sense that. She did not want to handle the pressure that was of that was applied from my legs. When she felt that pressure, she got resentful, sold up defensive, and expected a fight. So it was like a learned habit, learned behavior on this mare where she equated leg pressure with fight. So when we got this particular mare, obviously groundwork is absolutely invaluable like it's the first thing we check off i never get on a horse till i'm happy with the groundwork and you're looking for boxes to be checked when you're doing groundwork and these horses have had nine months of training up to this point so we get them out and do the groundwork and things check off to a decent degree now obviously is it let's say we had the horse in training for nine months is it is it where maybe we would have wanted the groundwork say if we'd started the cult no no it wasn't up to that standard but it also wasn't, you know, full of glaring red flags. There weren't any red flags with the groundwork. The horse was just, just really fresh on day one, day two a lot better. But the groundwork, as far as, you know, it had a very minor concept of, of backing, but, you know, it could lunge and, and all, the, all that, that business. So the groundwork-wise, everything checked off. The boxes were checked in the groundwork. And like I said, 
when we went into the riding, we just kind of coasted for a bit to feel out things. And so everything was kind of checking off there as well. So we gave it that little grace period to kind of adjust. The two of us, both me and the horse, adjust to each other. Okay, you don't, you never want to get a horse in from somewhere else and just knock them out day one. You have to, especially if they've been in training for like that nine months, an extended period of time like that, you have to help them adjust a little bit so they don't just get completely mentally frazzled and just wired. So we go through that grace period and then we make the transition to now I expect a lot more out of you. All this stiffness, all this resistance, all this braciness, I'm going to start going after that and breaking you loose, teaching you how to give, teaching you how to soften, all of that. When we stepped up that pressure now, and for the first time ever, legs meant softness instead of you know, just driving her into her face and hustling her around. The way this mare was, was started was legs, the only time legs ever meant softness was with vertical. And that's it. There's no softening on the rib cage or the shoulders, the, none of that. It's all the soften. The legs would mean softness if she's really pulling. Other than that, they only mean go, right? Well, in doing that, because this mare is naturally pretty stiff, she's kind of long back, she's a taller mare, just built to be a little bit stiffer. And that's kind of that bloodline, too, in a way. They're a little bit on the stiffer side. So because the things were against her there in a little in a way, just kind of, you know, the way she's bred, confirmation, all that stuff. So the training then didn't help matters. It made matters worse because she doesn't have any real concept of I pull, you give, and that lateral softness. So when things went vertically, naturally, when she had no idea what that meant, things turned into a fight. So she equated the legs with fight, right? And she just kind of been pushed through it and fought it out. And so she had kind of learned through nine months of, getting into battles and losing and then saying, okay, well, you know, good on you. You beat me that time. I'm going to try and, and once, once I come down from this, you know, once I pick up the pieces here, like her mind would be kind of shattered in a way. And then she's like, okay, well, once I pick up the pieces here and put my sort myself back out, I'm going to be better prepared next time for a fight. And she just gets better and better and better and better. So when she first showed up, and we were just kind of, you know, cutesy-cutesy, get along with you, lovey-dovey, and just figure out where we stand as far as how she's riding, what she knows, things were okay. The moment we stepped it up now, and I said, now I'm going to start taking you, and we did not go into any sort of, like, softness, you know, nothing vertical at that point. These horses, everything from that first time that we rode them, um, where we made that transition, everything then became lateral minded. I'm looking for a starting point. Like with her, it was just been tipping her nose to not even quite to the point of her shoulder. That was about all the far that we could go just to get her to walk a circle and soften a little bit to the inside. Very, very stiff, very, very green in those areas. Right? So once we started challenging her in that way, and introducing legs mean softness and that, that lateral softness. Oh boy. Now we have the, the fight, right? Now she's like, Oh boy, I don't want none of that. This is too much. And that background, once we started prying a little bit and we pushed her through that, that threshold of comfort mentally going from that, you know, that little safe zone, so to speak, pushing her into that uncomfortable zone. Like it didn't take much at all. And in that little push there, we flipped the switch and she's like, oh, I know what this is. Now we're getting ready for a fight. 
And so then, once that, that fight had been provoked, just in trying to now step up that softness, then it became, okay, now we have a, a serious fight on our hand. Because it was very easy to determine right away. Like, this isn't just your normal horses confused, horses worried, something like that, that you can work through. Like, this horse is ready for a fight and is good at giving you a fight. Okay, then that was when the sold-up behavior, the sticky-footedness, the threatening to rear, all that stuff came out. And it was very obvious that it's not just them being confused or sold up. It's them saying, aha, I knew it. You're the same as everybody else. You're just going to fight with me. And so she was ready for it. So she braced up and got ready to give me the fight. And it was very obvious that, okay, yeah, this isn't her first rodeo. You know, that's not something a horse just picks at random to go do. She was good at it and because had, had she had a lot of experience getting beat through a fight. She never really learned anything. There was no, when you give, when you submit, when you do what I ask you to do, when you think about what you're doing and problem solve and try for me, I'll give you that release of pressure. I'll give you a win. There was none of that. It was, I'm going to ask you to do it and then I'm going to fight you through it. And then I'll leave you alone until I ask and fight with you again. You know, that was what she was used to. So thinking her way through, it was not even in her mind. All right. So at that point, once we'd provoked the fight or basically uncovered it, then it was a matter of, and this was all off of my legs. She equated the legs with here comes a fight. And that was like her little, um, the little switch that was like the light switch so to speak for the fight to provoke it so once that had happened and it was very obvious that hey we're into a big fight here and this horse is good at it then it became all right we're in a fight but what i'm going to do and you provoke the fight so you have the upper hand it's like me saying to the horse okay you have the upper hand right now but what we'll do is i'll take this fight to my home arena okay so it'd be like you see home field advantage in like a baseball game, right? Well, I want home field advantage in this situation. When, I, when I've uncovered some, some, something really bad, an underlying problem that's there in this horse, um, you know, we get in lots of different problem horses and whatnot, but when you uncover something like this, that bad, that ingrained and that hidden, you want to say, all right, it's here now, and the horse is in fight mode, so they're everything about them now. They're not even trying to think. They're just trying to fight their way out of it and then escape the pressure, all right? So you're not just going to say, oh, easy, fluffy, I'm just going to pet you and calm down. Okay, they're still in fight mode at that point. So everything's moving high intensity, high energy. So whatever happens now, whether they get a release of pressure, you know, you just stop and just pet them, or if you continue to fight them, whatever you do, it's going to be in, like seared into their mind because it's happening with high energy, high intensity, all right? So... What you can do in that situation when it's that bad is say, all right, fair enough, we're into a fight, and I, really, I can't let you can't let you win, but I'm not going to fight you through it. I'm not going to call your bluff and give you what you want, which is another knockdown, throwdown fight, right? And believe it or not, that's basically what the horse is, what they quote-unquote want, and not, not what I mean like the horse desires a fight. What I'm saying, what I mean by that is they just assume that's normal. That's to them is horse training just a fight go and fight for a while and then i get put away you know so it becomes the normal for them it shapes their mind remember these are simple animals that we're dealing with here 
so you can script their thought pattern in a way, right? So instead of playing into their hand and giving them the fight, you say, you know what? We're into a fight here, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to back off and quit and release the pressure and reward you for fighting and, and ingrain that that's the answer here. I'm going to take you to my, to my home field. I'm going to get the home field advantage for myself, you know, and then from there I can quote unquote beat you. And I don't be, mean beat you like by fighting with them, but find the area in which they weren't expecting and then defeat them mentally so that you can find a place to give them that reward when they finally find some sort of a try. And that was on the ground, tying her around to her hawk, flagging her around, um, going back and and in that moment when she was just stuck, going back there and lunging her and, and having her do some rollbacks and getting those feet hustling. But the big one was tying around. It wasn't so much just going back and doing groundwork exercises, but tying her to a hawk, flagging her around, having her jump the hind end across, jump the front end through, um, softening to that rope as it kind of pulled and released on her back leg as she stepped around. That was the big one. You know, she would really try to fight and fight and fight and just kind of pull herself around because, you know, she was, we had her tied around about that 90 degree angle, just a little bit more perhaps. So the leverage was already there. And, you know, anytime she would try to do something, she would step around and that rain would just kind of pull her around, pull her around, pull her around. So we took her back to an arena that was a lot safer for both me and the horse. And instead of battling it out and kicking on her and over and under whacking her, all that crap that would just either further throw wood on the fire, okay, and, and make this fight even more intense, or perhaps get me hurt or, you know, the horse flips over and I get hurt, horse gets hurt, breaks its neck, something crazy, something stupid is going to happen. Instead of that, then we hopped off the ground and we found, we continued to find that stickiness on the ground because the horse was still in that fight frame of mind. Just because you, if they're in that, if they are, and this is, again, a, a rare problem, um, so you don't see it all the time, but if they are in that fight mode under saddle, and in that moment you say, all right, I'm taking you back to give myself the home field advantage, and you say, hop off really quick, and immediately tie them around, or immediately send them off, they're still in that that fight mode right then and there, you know, and like, what I tried to do under saddle is they're in the fight mode, in the fight mode, back off the pressure enough that it's not a release of pressure, but I've toned it down enough that I can find some sort of a win. So when she was challenging me and soling up, didn't want to move forward, threatening to rear, I stayed there. I backed off the pressure enough to not provoke her to do something silly, but I eventually was able to get her to just walk and tip her nose a little bit at the walk. So she finally walked forward tipped her nose a little bit, boom, you win. I So I technically won that. Even though I had to seed a bunch of ground, I won the day. Then I hopped off, started lunging her, then tied her around. And when we went to lunging her, what happened? She, we'd already provoked, we'd already stoked the fire. We uncovered, as we were training the horse, it's like we were clearing debris. And then a piece of flint in the debris, as we were brushing it aside, caught a rock and started a leaf on fire, right? And we weren't aware that there was any flint in this pile of rubble. Well, now we have this big forest fire ablazing, right? Well, we kind of put out the majority of it, but there's still some stuff smoldering. And there's, the horse is still, their, their mind is kind of running fast because they're still in that kind of fight mode. So then any pressure after that, even on the ground, provokes the fight further, all right? 
And then from there, it's saying, all right, now you're in my home court. I've got the advantage. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you every benefit I can, but you're not going to get one over on me here because this is my home court. Then we went to the groundwork, tying her around, all the lunging, because we found that spot and now we could go after it. But doing the groundwork first for, say, a whole week and then riding the horse, we would still have been in that same boat. It was the legs around her belly, that softness, asking for her to soften off my legs, that provoked the fight. And it was like the little push the button that set off the blaze. And then from there, we backtracked to the ground to be in my arena, my home court, so I could have that advantage to win the day. And then, and then from there, it was a matter of, now that we've stoked this, it's, it's on our mind, so that groundwork is going, that problem's going to come out now in the groundwork too. And so then it was a matter of fixing or, or jumping over, breaking down those mental walls that she put up in that fight mode, breaking those down, and then we can advance on from there. But the overall point that we wanted to highlight is that this horse had, it was a mental issue surrounding pressure, and most specifically pressure of your legs, your spurs, um, getting this mare to soften. And so in rooting that out and exposing that, then it, then it really came out in a big way, that, the issue, that, the fight, so to speak. And it came out then in both the groundwork and the riding because it was on her mind, you know, provoking it under saddle. Then her mind is running a thousand miles an hour and that's kind of all she's thinking about is she's ready for the fight and she's bracing kind of for the long haul, ready to fight this out for a while. So you go on the ground, not much has changed in her mind. She's still kind of in that fight mode. She's not going to be able to turn it off and on like that. It's, it was a, a mental problem that had kind of developed, you know, it, it, she had kind of been taught, in a way, a pattern of thinking on how to react to just riding and pressure, especially that of the legs, which was feel that pressure, get ready for a fight, be fought through, get beat, and you know, then and then she'd be beat down and, and kind of humble for a few days, and then when she'd start feeling better, the demon would grow back up, and she'd be saying, "Well, all right, I'm going to be more ready. I'm going to be prepared for you next time." She'd just keep getting better, better at learning how to fight. But it was just a process of her um, kind of being shaped, really, in how to be trained, and she just figured that was the norm. And so it was exposing that problem. Had it, the only way it was going to really be exposed was to just put your finger right on the button. You know, you don't never know. You can't know everything that's going to hit you in the moment. Sometimes you have to go around and be a detective, and you'll come across it, you know, like in that case. We came across it after, you know, having a handful of rides on the horse, things going well, because we were, we were kind of playing by her rules to feel her out. You know, once we ch- flipped the script, started changing the rules... Then we came across the landmine, so to speak. And sometimes you just have to do that. You have to find it, step on it, and then from there you can say, all right, now assess the situation and then make the calls from there. But that was a great question, and I hope this kind of better fleshes out what the overall theme of that was, was in finding and then rooting out like kind of the process of um, 
what we did to, or what, what this mare had, the baggage she brought in, and the process to find and then fix this mental problem of just the whole mare's mindset around pressure in general, that specifically of the riding, and why we, why we had to root that out under saddle rather than, say, doing the groundwork first and the problem would have been gone. You know, why the only way you would have fixed the problem was to expose it first under saddle.